Hello and welcome to the 13th episode of the Gravescast. This week is actually a very special week because we are doing it live for the well, live in person for the first time uh, ever since COVID. And on this episode back, we have Jacob Wahlberg, who's been on quite a few times before. Actually, maybe just the once. <laughs> and we have a wannabe rock star and an old friend of mine, Oz Ambrose. How are you guys doing today? Not too bad. It's a beautiful rainy day. So, one thing we all have in common is we all do something creatively. As you know, I do the podcast. Uh, While we're here, he's starting to write a book. And Austin, well, he's a SoundCloud rock star. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Not just anyone can be a SoundCloud rapper. It takes a certain something. Yeah, all 40 followers on a real (laughs) fucking clout demon. He's international, too. Listeners from... (laughs) One listener from Japan. Dude, but they listen to you like 10 times, right? Yeah, that song. So? Grace Cast has got international listeners, too, now. Both yeah, I guess like one from Germany or something, so I guess we can count ourselves. Uh, but one discussion we kind of wanted to have on the topic of that was kind of art versus the artist. Uh, I think, do you want to give us an intro? Because I think you brought this up and you had a lot to say about this, Wahlberg. Well, I mean, lots of people have lots of stuff to say about it recently. Uh, a lot of people turn out, you know, they're scumbags but they make some nice pictures or they do some nice singing. So it's been a kind of a popular thing recently is can you support someone like their music, buy their art, read their, purchase their novels if like me, they're a scumbag. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think that, uh, I, I guess I'll start with my thoughts on it, which are, I, I mean, you know, I feel like art is a little bit separate, like it's more about how I feel about music, how I feel about reading their book, like I believe that art stops with an artist the moment they take their pen off the paper, the moment they stop recording, and after that it's the fan's work of art. Uh, But on the other hand, I don't necessarily think that it's a good idea to give your money to shitbags. So what do you guys think about it? Well, it also depends on the situation. Because if you're like a racist piece of shit <laughs> and you're just like doing a bunch of paintings and selling them, then to support that artist and buy those paintings would be kind of fucked up. Whereas if like a movie director came out as like super racist, then it's like, well, if you buy a ticket, you're also supporting all the makeup people and all the actors and everyone else who went into, you know, they weren't all on the same shit, you know, they're trying to create a good product for you, so... So what you're saying is that kind of some works of art are team things, mostly like movies, but also recording, you know, there's editors, there's mixers, that kind of thing, but you're kind of saying that depends if they're the primary person who's getting your cast? Yeah. Well, I think, do directors get paid before, or do they get paid after the movie gets released? Probably both. Depends on their contract. Yeah, I, I bet it's probably a certain amount up front and how good they are at negotiating. Depends on how many profits they get. Have you guys, I, this is kind of a sidebar off topic about the whole thing, but have you guys heard about the difference between ways that actors and actresses get paid based off of movie profits? 
don't some of them have it where they get like 0.25 of the royalties not the royalties but like they get 0.5 of ticket sales or something I think, I think it's called the difference between net profits and gross profits you guys heard about that at all no okay well i'll tell you guys and the listeners in case they haven't heard about it it's basically the classic story of sneaky hollywood accounting uh because hollywood has it's all just one big corrupt organization <laughs> from my understanding of it are you going on the record i will say this on record that from my very limited and non-personal understanding of it it's from all thousands of thousands of miles away yeah from a <laughs> completely different country it seems like it's one big corrupt cesspool um because it Depending on, there's two different ways of looking at how much money your movie makes. There's the net profits and there's the gross profits. Gross profits are how much money you get, how many tickets you sell, and the story. Net profit is how much you make, take away how much you spend. So the thing is, is that these Hollywood organizations will pay millions of dollars to things like catering and cleaning crews because they also own the places that they're paying. So if your deal is you get 2% of net profits, uh, most movies in Hollywood don't make a profit in net profit. Really? From my understanding of it, a lot of movies don't because that would mean paying these people, paying, maybe taxes are part of it too, but for my armchair expert, <laughs> knowledge of it that's the thing so uh depends on if the director is smart enough to negotiate getting gross profits or if they get screwed with net profits this is something i need to know in case my book makes it into a movie where all the real money is well i saw a tweet today as well and they're saying like with uh hollywood productions and everything they're really cutting down on like what they actually produce because Nowadays, it's like without DVD sales, there's a lot of their uh, profit stream gone away, right? It's true. What's the profit sharing agreement like with things like Netflix or Apple TV? Well, that's why you see movies bounce around a lot. Because oh, yeah, like, Netflix pays them, and if they make more off DVD sales than Netflix will offer them, they'll just sell them as DVDs. Mm. Well, do you think DVD sales are like huge in other countries where Netflix might not be prominent or something? That's for a, sure that's a good question come to think of it but what countries doesn't netflix stream in netflix is international <laughs> can you watch netflix in china that's my biggest most important question north yeah. korea you cannot north watch. korea is the one north korea <laughs> makes up 95 percent of dvd sales but you can't sell them, you can't sell them no. in north korea either you'd have to drop them out of a plane or something like that if you want people to see uh See the good old movie, The Dictator. Dude, you could pay like $20 a month and the only thing you get is like uh, fucking a Kim Jong-il movie. His yeah. <laughs> biography or something. Yeah. yeah, but they make you pay as part of your... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean, yeah. A forced subscription. <laughs> and I mean... Well, I mean, you joke, but some people, some people could make the argument that they have a forced subscription to healthcare in our country. But there's a difference because I'd rather, you know, free healthcare than I'd rather the Kim Jong Il bibliography. 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 I'm the writer for this thing, so everything I say is book related. If you get okay, if you guys go an offer to go to North Korea. 
and just like like you get an offer to like play a show there like live there for a year and play shows but they get to control your music or like you got contracted to write like Kim Jong Il's biography or something would you guys do it you have to live in like North Korea for a year (laughs) (laughs) I think it would really depend how much they're paying me because if I take this deal I'm walking in there not expecting to come out yeah that's what I was going to say. It's like, there's also that risk that you just don't get to leave. <laughs> this is your million dollar book deal or like record deal? I don't know. A million today isn't quite as much as it used to be. I'm not I think I would totally do it. <laughs> I don't know. How much is, do I have to, is room and board included? Because I feel like... Room and board is included. Yep, it's okay. included. No, this, this is like, they're, you're like LeBron James. They're like, they're your, you're their VIP. You're their token. <laughs> they're showing you off to all the poor people to be like, hey, look how great our country is. Okay. You're well, their icon. Well, right here. the real question is, could I compromise my artistic integrity? The answer to that is absolutely. Please contact me <laughs> if you guys need any of your bibliographies done. But on a serious note, I don't Dude, know. Like, imagine like you're there for a year and then you escape. And you have this amazing story to tell where it's like, I was in North Korea. Dude, but you have like the most unique story in your field. It's the dictator, but an actual yeah. real life book. Yeah, well, I'm not entirely sure that the experience is worth it. But I'm not going to go on record slamming North Korea because I need to keep my options <laughs> open. Just to say, it's a beautiful country full of beautiful people. Not. <laughs> I well, the people probably just not their leadership yeah shout out North Korea people (laughs) I think they strong I think they'd probably do it I mean for the money right and if anything everyone everyone like fame is so essential to like building yourself up like even if you're that guy who like David Dobrik or people like that I think they have friends who just because they're friends with David Dobrik they get their own following like I don't there's this guy named Aiden Ross on Twitch I'm not too familiar with him but apparently his popularity comes from him hanging out with like other famous rappers and stuff like that right so if you're you know writing a book for Kim Jong Il even if you get negative press from it I mean I still think it builds up your career press is good press even if it's negative press yeah and I mean like we we tend I feel like we shit on a lot of people for like the stuff we do but in the end like if we're talking about an actor for you know doing this or doing that really you're just giving them press and making them more famous right that's true that's why I don't know any actors names or pay attention to anything like that sounds like this is a pretty pretty deep topic though pretty interesting question about what is fame worth to you i guess right yeah you say i suppose so like how does all of us here have something we're working on and obviously none of us expects it to make it big i don't think that mr graves is planning on retiring to just focus on the graves cast quite yet but what would you do the graves cast if all of a sudden one episode made it big 10 years from now and all of a sudden you have 10,000 followers what would you do really i just i think i continue just doing what i'm doing like i have no desire to make it as like a joe rogan and do this full time 
I think if anything, it's doing what I want, making it interesting. Like, if I got signed for something and I had a producer saying, okay, you need to interview this person this week, this person this week, and they didn't interest me whatsoever, what's the you're point? You're going to go along with that because your production manager told you to. I mean, or because Ken John told you to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, I, I think really it's just the fame. The fame is only good so that you can like start, I guess, really reaching out to other people, right? Like, it's you cannot reach out to I don't know LeBron James right now and get him on your podcast or get him to write a forward for your book <laughs> or like be in your song or whatever. But if you start working it up and it's like, oh, we've got the coach for the team and then, you know, like a couple other people and then eventually you can get to that point. So I think that's where the fame matters. So I think for you, fame is just a tool. It's not a glorious, glorious means to its own end. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's it's a pathway, right? Uh-huh. Oz, what about you? Because I know that you've, you've long seen rock stars as awesome rock stars you've read the slash that's the thing though is like whenever i think of that whole idea of being a rock star and being successful it's never actually the fame aspect of it like the having people talk about you all day Mm -hmm. that i actually think is interesting but it's more of the lifestyle of living how you want and actually being respected for living how you want like if you live like a rock star but no one respects what you make then you're just like some druggie <laughs> on the corner whereas if you're like successful and it's like damn man look at him go yeah that's true I for myself I've thought about this before I've had my idea for my book before I told anyone about it but every time I think about it I think obviously this is different because famous book authors are very different from rock stars yeah. you'll never get recognized even if you're Brandon Sanderson or J.K. Rowling I doubt that most of the time people are coming up to you asking for pictures or your autographs uh, but that's actually something that appealed to me is that I don't want like publicity or fame like I don't want to be a center of attention like that and I feel like you guys might agree with me here that fate the fame part of it is especially in this day and age with like constant press exposure and the widespread internet that being famous is never gonna really make you look good well, I think most like- of the time the more you say the more people are gonna find something they don't like about you well like on the internet it seems like you have to be like you have to get fame in order to be successful Mm -hmm. and that can seem like the only path there yeah because a lot of the other paths are like in the background where it's like you want to do music for a living okay you don't need to be um, like a super successful artist to do music for a living there's so many roles other than that right that you can be successful and happy at who do you know who does the other roles because I mean if you think about it how many like movie writers can you name how many I guess not like obviously that's what I'm saying is that they're not famous but they're still fucking doing it yeah Yeah. I I think the author thing you do have merit to it but I mean J.K. Rowling is well known yeah J.K. Rowling is well known but I'm saying that if you saw well obviously you're not going to see her in Canada because she's a British author but if you're British and you're going to a pub or going to get coffee or something and you see her you're going to go Oh my god that's totally jk rowling are you gonna act? and even if you recognize her are you maybe you actually do stop masking an autograph if you're a big harry potter fan but they don't have the same like 
brand name recognition, like they face isn't as famous, whereas LeBron James probably would be getting sworn yeah. by people who would recognize him because they actually see his face everywhere instead of just at the back of a book. But if it were me, I don't even know if I'd want my face on the back of the book. Really? I just, I don't want that high profile life. I just want the money that comes with it. <laughs> <laughs> be completely What's your pen here. name? What's your pen name? Oh, yeah. Jaybird? I've been trying to come up with a pen name. I've been, I can't even come up with my name on the Graves cast. <laughs> Jake Bones. Jake Bones. Jake Bones is not really my... We're not going with that because I already <laughs> have that as my adult entertainer name. Well, what, how do you come up with Oz Ambrose? Uh, well, Oz comes from oh, yeah. friends calling me Oz. <laughs> but I just like Googled like like uh, Greek baby names. Greek I baby like names. Greek culture. Yeah. So I was like, let's do that. Well, it's just, it's always curious because I mean, you say you can't come up with anything, but you've been trying like t- to find a Gravescast specific name. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you just need to reach out to like whatever your niche is, right? Maybe I need to consult a thesaurus a little <laughs> bit more. Yeah, I don't know. That's what we did. Just look at names related to Graveyard. Yeah. Speaking of the Graveyard, come join us on Discord. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's going to die soon, man. Uh, there's no one in there. Well, there's a few, but they just want all watch showdown shit. Yeah, we've. <laughs> The Graves cast has seemed to have evolved past its roots. Although Graves will never forget and will still probably be playing Showdown. Probably did. He is more complex than just a one trick Showdown. A one tricky pony. To go back to what you were saying before about like separating the like the artist and the art, mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling is a good example because I mean, mm-hmm. she, all those transphobic comments and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like for Matthew Good. He's allegedly been an abuser, right? So, do you not support that? But do you support, you know, J.K. Rowling, even though she's made those comments? Like, does it come down to like beliefs, actions, um, or what? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I already own I've owned the Harry Potter book since before Twitter came out. I think probably or around the same time. So nowadays, would I go out? And would I buy or would I rent a Harry Potter movie or buy the new book? Like Oz was saying, the movies, I might be able to justify it to myself because there's so many other people involved. Um, but just the books after something like that, I don't know. And Oh, dude, this actually reminds me of something I learned in school. I had yeah. a creative writing class and we read Huckleberry Finn. Oh, yeah. And there was like this liberal, there was this literary analysis of it where it was like people thought that the author was one way because of his writing but Uh, actually he was writing it through the lens of an author from that time so like if the book was being racist it wasn't because he was racist it was because the book was written and it was the book was written like it was written in the past so he's portraying an author that would have existed in that time instead of when the book was actually right, written. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. To address the direct question, I don't really have an answer because I still enjoy Matthew Good's music. It's just every time I listen to it, I picture, like, you know, one seventeenth of a cent going into his <laughs> bank account or something. And then I'm like, well, he has a kid he needs to provide for, so maybe it's okay. 
But to tell you the truth, I don't really have an answer. I'm still trying to figure out. Obviously, like the art stands on its own in my heart, in my mind, separately from the artist. But in the real world, financially, the art and the artist is not separate unless they're dead. So I guess maybe it's okay if the person's dead. Otherwise, I don't really have an answer for you. It's up to you. And this could please share your thoughts, listeners, and listener mail, because we really don't get quite enough of that. Or any yet. Because I don't even know if we have a mailing address. But To me, uh, I think definitely, like, I think you just straight up support, or, like, not support, but you separate the art and the artist. In the end, like, the book that they create, the song they create, for most of them, it's a job. If you go to McDonald's and you have like you know a dude who's serving your burger and he was like a convicted felon, are you not going to eat that burger? Because you know, in a way, it supports you know <laughs> like someone who has committed crimes or whatever. Like I well, think. Well, we're assuming that in this case, the convicted felon has already paid his time. Well, yeah, so right, right now, it seems like you're just anti. Uh... <laughs> hey, I, I support you know second chance. I'm just right, saying, yes. like, how far do you go? Yes, I understand your point, and um, I would I would like to do that. I would like to support the art from the artist because I want them to be separate. But I also know that at the end of the day, I know where my money's going, and part of it is going to them. So that's kind of I think where the issue comes into play. Dude, if 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 there's a new star, maybe not now, but if the new Star Wars trilogy came out and there was some like scandal with it, you still would have gone seeing the movie. No, I wouldn't because I didn't see the movie in the first place. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> no. Damn, you were late. <laughs> I know, and I'm still complaining when people spoil it for me. <laughs> I was wondering, really, like, do you, do you separate the art well, and the artist? That's what I was saying before with movies, where it's like, if I found out the director was like a piece of shit. But the movie had already been made, and it's like, well, I'm like, if I go to this movie, I'm not like supporting the director. I'm supporting the actors who spent months training, and I'm supporting the writers who probably did a bunch of all-nighters. That's very fair. But what about cases where there's less people involved, like what an if, author? Uh, yeah, what if either an author or a solo artist? Well, an author that'd be like super fucked up because you're cause by buying the book that's going straight to their pocket. Yeah. It's like you're buying their writing. That's like as personal as it can get. But being the same time, like I said, you don't... I guess, yeah, it's confusing because the book itself might not be harmful. It might even be positive, so... Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I mean, take it like that. What about if the book was like, you know, how to start your own children's charity? (laughs) And then you find out they, like, killed a kid or something. Oh, that's really dark. That's for sure. You know what? It's in... <laughs> that's an extreme example. But yeah, yeah, you get the point, right? Yeah. Like, it's... I don't know. I think it's a very fine line. And I mean, in the end, it's really like, are you going to weigh a person as... Like, it's black and white. It seems like black and white. Like, if you're going to say, like, oh, yeah, like, I won't buy that book because of the author and what they did there, pretty much you're blacklisting them, right? Yeah, in your own way. And I mean, like, maybe the author's done a million good things, but they had this, like, bad streak or something. Yeah, that's also an important thing to keep in mind, is that you don't personally know what someone's like. Um, And it's also, like, I don't know. Yeah, but at the same time, no one's gone to the poorhouse from being cancelled. What? Who didn't, like, completely deserve it. 
Yeah, usually people don't. <laughs> like, if someone does a crime that's, like, literally, like, if they do a crime to the point where literally no one spends a cent on something they've made, then, like, that's not happened. No. Yeah. People still support it because they either don't know or they're... But then, like you're saying, not because so many people don't separate the art from the artist they keep supporting them and people still keep making the same money. Maybe a couple people, like maybe 10% of people back out because they can't support it. But if you have 90% of people who just say, well, I separate the art from the artist, then the artist still makes 90% of their money. They're still rich. So I don't know either. Well, it's, I don't know. I I think it's really the question of why do we sit there and glorify the artist for like you know what don't get me wrong you like whatever you like like yeah you know you enjoy that movie or you enjoy that book but i've never been the type of person to be like oh yeah you know jk rowling i've got to know everything about your life like i'd love to have lunch with you or you know this movie star or whatever like you just sit there and in a way they're a product right Mm -hmm. it's i i think all those people that say you know i'd love to have lunch with this person this person this person it's like you don't know them whatsoever yeah i agree with that there's kind of a weird idolization that some people have other some people do some people don't i also usually don't really care that much because i'm like most of them i'm like well i like what they make but i don't know anything about them what they're like as a person so unless they have some kind of like interesting personal life um funny enough one of the only people who i would have wanted lunch with would have been matthew good because i like his <laughs> artist so much he's kind of like a he's popular among the older canadian generation i think but he doesn't really have an outside canada following and I don't think he's that big with the younger current generations, but I really like a lot of his music. And he suffered throughout his life from misdiagnosed manic depressive disorder. Um, but none of that really has anything or justifies abusing women. So now that kind of colors my whole outlook of him. So I don't know. Personally, I struggle with. Um, actually deciding if I want to separate the art from the artist and if I should yeah. not. So I'm kind of on the fence. And I think I think maybe not more so with books, but with like TV shows and stuff like that. When you watch them on TV, you think that that's how they're like. Or when you yeah. see them on stage, like you were saying with uh, Huckleberry Finn, like that was written through the lens of another author. And that guy was like completely not like him at all. So I mean, you you value like you idolize these people and then you know they come off of stage and you know they light up a cigarette and like start punching people or something. i don't know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good show man <laughs> it's a great show uh, yeah and i mean they talk about how you know shitty some of these like hollywood stars are and everything right yeah. so yeah i don't know i guess i can see why you should treat it separately because you don't know anything about anyone's life and you don't know and it's not like you have them in your life in a personal way so should it matter maybe maybe not but yeah i mean how do you know if what anyone's like like you said what do you know whether how 
the McDonald's cashier treats people who aren't in the McDonald's line? How do you know what the person, the poor child laborer who made your clothes was <laughs> like? Were they a well-behaved child? Wait, was like? Yeah, they're dead now. Oh, gosh. Chances are... Yeah, getting a little bit dark here, <laughs> but assuming you got your clothes made by someone who's not a child laborer, what's that person like? Do you think about that when you put on your clothes? So there's it's a complicated issue that there's not really a right or wrong answer to, I'd say. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I guess kind of... No, I've got no segue for this whatsoever. <laughs> We, we've all been talking lately, and we were saying how uh, we're really getting bored of our hobbies. That's like we're getting bored of abusive artists. That's yeah, there we go. Thank you. And so, I mean, I, I've kind of like, I guess since high school, I've kind of been, been getting more and more out of video games, but more so because I had to. <laughs> and you guys were saying that you guys kind of just want to get out of it. Not get out of it, but you guys are getting bored of video games and stuff like that now, right? It's the most depressing. It's like having a mid-youth crisis for me. Yeah, I've been a gamer for my whole life since I was a child, but getting to the point where, I don't know, maybe I've just spent too much time doing it, but starting to get bored with my games and it's not just specific games it's most of them i find myself getting bored maybe i just need something more exciting out of the video game industry <laughs> i know i'm not going to be bored by zelda breath of the wild too when that finally comes out but i don't know it's something i've been suffering from and i just feel bored as hell most of the time so I'm really hoping I can get some good advice here. What about you, Oz? Mr. Uh, Low-Ride Buffs? Yeah. Dude, I, I literally just, like... I'll just, like, fuck around on casual games until there's, like, a game that comes out that actually looks good. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, like, play a bunch of shitty $5 games for an entire year. <laughs> and then, like, twice a year I'll buy, like, an actual $60 yeah. new release that actually Smart. looks good. I, I just get and then I'll binge it in the weekend and then never play again. <laughs> See, I get hooked in by all the Steam sales. Something I want oh, yeah. is on sale. I'm like, I need it. <laughs> then I play it and I'm like, why did I spend my money on this? Buyer's regret. Well, I, I just think a lot of it might be it's very low effort, right? Like, to play video games, you sit there on the couch, you pick up the controller, you play. And I mean, like, after doing that for so long, you kind of just want to get up and kind of do something else, right? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, video games are fun and all, but, you know, it's, you know, watching Netflix, playing video games, it's it's not really much of a hobby. It's. No. I think know. that part of it might have been this whole COVID lockdown being, like, not being able to socialize with people outside your family, being forced that the only thing you can do to entertain yourself is your personal hobbies that you can do by yourself, like reading, watching Netflix, playing video games. I think that maybe it might be that we're just over those and we're kind of, like, I don't know. The one thing I do find that's not boring or like unsatisfactory is social things. like getting together, doing a podcast in the garage, that kind of a thing, just hanging out. So maybe it's, I don't know, do you guys think that might just be like overexposure, like getting rid of the novelty, or what do you guys think? There's no good 
Call of Duty's anymore. They don't make zombies like they used to, do they? No. You see, we get back. Okay, we're all we're all quitting our jobs. We're moving into our parents' basement, and we're all gonna play <laughs> Call of Duty. Our parents, yeah, we all actually have the same parents. <laughs> yeah, you know the three brothers there. Yeah, we'll get a triple bunk bed, and we'll all play <laughs> Call of Duty: Surge and Destroy for eight hours. Classic Black Ops. Black Ops Two. Dibs on bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Which way is getting top? I don't know. Somehow the way risk goes, I always get the middle and get straight <laughs> on both sides. Lately, that's been you, though. Lately. Well, I don't know. Maybe just yesterday. I'd like to go on record as saying I went 3-1 and one in Briss. Yes. Yeah, sure. I wanted to go on record that every game besides those <laughs> I've won. Hey, you've had a streak for the last little while, but you had a really rough fucking start, man. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. You get, we're going to start a risk podcast after this. For, the, for those who don't know, it's just the basic... Uh, no person that are interested. Board, board game risk now uh, online is risk, risk global domination. Not to advertise or anything, because the business model is uh, <laughs> it's kind of brutal if you want to play extra map packs. It's a free game that we've all collectively sunk at least 30 bucks into, probably. You've sunk $30? Collectively. I oh, spent okay. like five. Yeah, me too. Well, I put in tanks. I got two map packs. So, so uh, you guys. <laughs> we ain't getting more map packs. Yeah, okay. I need more map packs. I want variety. Keep me interested, like my video games. You're a sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slowly collecting free gems. You get two a day, and you need four hundred to be able to buy a map pack. So yeah. 200 days from now, I'll finally get a new map pack if I remember every day, and I don't. You are the only one who is semi-committed to that. Like, I think I have, like, four gems or something. Yeah. Well, it's hard. It's really hard <laughs> to keep that. Well, I just do it whenever we play. Yeah. Either way, yeah, I, uh, I, I feel like it might be a common thing for people that they're in old interests kind of get less exciting as they've done it more. But then, do you find new interests, or what? How do you get fun back into your life? You just do more things. Do different things that you haven't done before. I think the difference, though, is is like I, I said before, low effort. Like as much as people say gaming's a hobby, it's to me it seems a rather a quote, yeah, like kind of like TV watching. Not a waste of time, but not really a hobby. You don't get anything useful out of it. You don't take no. away any new skills or anything. Yeah, so I mean, when you get into another, like, it's, I think it's hard to break into a hobby and commit to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it takes actual fucking work. Yeah. If you want to make woodworking a hobby, if you want to, you know, make mountain biking a hobby or something, you got to find the trails. You got to, like, you know, maybe find people to go with. You like, learn and you get better, which you don't, yeah. you, you do do in video games, but not really the same way and not a way that carries over outside that one video game. Well, it's 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 good enough in the moment, right? Like, you come away thinking, yeah, you know, I just won that game of Search and Destroy. Yeah. You know, I, you know, met the girl of my dreams and, what fucking daddy dating simulators <laughs> that's not girls that's daddy oh sorry <laughs> that's men but uh you get the point either way like it's good until you get away like even you like Oz you're on TikTok right yeah is it is it satisfying when you're watching it no <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 all about the effort right like I don't know do you guys have any hobbies like you would want to get into or like any new things um, well, 
not so much new, but I enjoy playing pool. If I had a pool table, I'm sure I'd do that for a bit every day, and I don't know how long I'd probably not get that. Well, that's the kind of thing where you probably get a little bit bored depending on when you don't have people to play against, but it's also the kind of game where you're trying to get better yourself every time you shoot, every shot you make. Yeah. Plus, that's a game where every like every move is either success or failure. You either do exactly what you want, it's like, oh yeah, awesome, or it's like, shit, I miss. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I don't really know. I recently went to a cottage and I enjoy kayaking, but <laughs> I don't live on a lake, so that's not an option, and even if it was, I wouldn't call it a hobby, like I'm not going to start training to go to the Olympics, or even like any bigger goal, but yeah, other than that, I enjoy playing some airsoft or board games again, and just yeah. hanging out and being social was kind of my favorite hobby before COVID shut that down, so I don't know. Yeah. What about you, Oz? I don't really have any hobbies on the top of my mind. I mean, right now you're doing the creative stuff, right? Yeah, I guess I just want to... Just I like what I'm doing. Yeah, and I mean, I think you kind of touched on it like by saying that kayaking wasn't a hobby. I think when you really think about it, hobbies kind of have that... <laughs> that is loud. I just, poured, I just poured myself a refill of a drink and it's just really loud. So apologies to anyone listening. We'll edit that out. No boats on Sunday. Please sponsor us. Yes. Please, anyone sponsor <laughs> us. He's getting tight, yo. But yeah, I think it's it's about that higher order, right? Like, if you just go kayaking, I don't think that's much of a hobby. But if you enter, like... Is there, like, wreck kayaking leagues? Maybe yeah. there's competitive kayaking, isn't there? Yeah. I mean... If you do, like, competitive kayaking or you do, like, maybe you get with a group of people who all does, like, kayaking trips. Like, mm. portages? Oh, no. <laughs> See, I like the boat when it's in the water. When I have to carry the boat over my shoulder, my enjoyment goes straight down. Yeah. No, and I, I, I get that. I just, to me, I, I just think that you need that, like, upper echelon to really, you know, so have a hobby. A sense of competition, or what would you say? So, what's the difference between kayaking being my hobby if I just like to kayak around the lake that I'm on, or various lakes, or explore Georgian Bay, for example? A hobby is just something you do that is fun. Yeah, but then isn't video game a hobby? It is. I never disagree. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Because I, I, yeah, video games we'll like both go on record. If you like, video games can be a hobby. Yeah, like. If you watch films because you enjoy watching films, then that's a hobby. If you like drawing, then that's a hobby. If you like doing anything and you do it regularly, that's a hobby. A hobby is just something you like that you do kind of often. Yeah, like if you don't like video games and you still do it, uh, that's, that's... I mean, that's still a hobby, but it's more of an unproductive hobby. It doesn't make it any less it's of a It's more of an addiction hobby. than a hobby, I guess. Yeah. You could almost say if it's... Well, wait, addictions can still make you have fun. They're, yeah. Hey, yeah, like... <laughs> Once you have drugs every single day, it's not—it's technically a hobby, even though it's not good for you. In the new DSM, they're putting video game addiction in it. At least they're talking about it. That makes sense. It certainly affects people, and I feel like a lot of people who even play it have some level of like not addiction because you—I don't know—you could stop, but then if you get grounded and your mom takes away your Xbox, it's like you're going through withdrawals. So. Yeah. It makes sense that would be, but I feel like that's probably 
like extreme examples like yeah. people who play like 20 hours a day or something like 16 hours a day yeah no i get i guess so yeah i i, I guess you probably said the best where it's like productive versus unproductive hobby i say yeah. everything the best <laughs> 70 70 percent of the time eh? 75 percent of the time i say everything the best there you go is, is that mutually exclusive with the right or is it they're separate, separate. They're yeah. separate. you can be wrong but still say it the best way yeah yeah so i don't know i mean i guess how much do you personally care about whether or not you're being productive like the end of the day it's not like i'm like i need to grow as a person i need to increase my musical talent and yeah, stuff. yeah and you like can also be stronger. like excelling at your career and you just come home and play video games yeah true because you if your career is like the thing that you love to do then why would you come home true. and have a completely separate hobby yeah yeah true. that's hard i mean like a hobby is in something that's difficult like you have to put a bunch of research in like maybe you just want a lazy hobby like yeah playing the new cod well i think you gotta make yourself well-rounded right not not just for like you know potential uh partners or whatever but i mean in general like i i feel like you wouldn't want to be friends with someone who's just committed to work and nothing else right like work and video game eh, actually i don't know dude people aren't that simple no no it's not like you're gonna it's not like there's a bunch of people running around there that don't that just come home from work and sit there <laughs> people have shit going on yeah no that's always fair too I think it'd be cool if I get into like woodworking or well that's a use definitely a useful hobby expensive to start up though yeah traveling is traveling a hobby no it's an activity <laughs> well I think it'd be cool to like go well, around video games yeah. activity. we're just defining verbs yeah one in the wrong chart one of the 30 25 percent I said it better though. Is shopping a hobby? If you do it repeatedly. Yeah? I was going to say, well, I mean, like, yeah. you have antiquing, right? Which is really just old shopping. Depending on how, like, you could go to actual, like, you know, old shops and everything, or you could go to garage sales, so. Moral of the story is the firing board definitions is pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. That's what the takeaway from God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, dude. Either way. Yeah, I mean, doesn't, I, I think that you have something about productive and unproductive but i mean it matters like differently to different people like some people have more of an emphasis on self-growth and some people are just like i don't care i'm living till i die <laughs> i'm stuck in the technically world. we all are <laughs> yeah well i i also don't think it's all about like getting a new hobby per se but i think like you talked about being a little more social and playing board games with friends and everything i think I'm looking for less of let's all play video games online and more like let's go do shit. Whatever that shit is, to be determined, right? But I was even talking with like right before I came here, like I was with some buddies at lunch and it's like we just want to go out, like, hey fuck, let's go it's let's called, go east this It's called being an adult with money. Yeah. <laughs> You're not leaving school with twenty five cents in your pocket. You're leaving work with actual money. Yeah. So we can actually afford to drive and do things. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can be as, like, besides gas, it can be as cheap as you want, right? You can go and sit there and go, uh, basically visit, um, you know, like, antique shops and stuff. You don't have to buy anything, but, you know, seeing the towns and stuff like that, you know, that's cheap. You can go out to have a picnic. That's cheap. Yeah. Mind you, the three. Picnic with the bros. (laughs) Very cute. Romantic. Yeah. I'll bring the scones. (laughs) 
I'll bring tea uh, party vodka. <laughs> vodka and scones? No, vodka and orange juice. Have a nice brunch. A little bit of a screwdriver. 50-50. I guess, Elton John. I guess the takeaway is that who cares about what hobby you're doing, what the definition of a hobby is. It's just trying to find something that's entertaining for you and fun. And if you're getting bored with whatever you're doing, try different shit. That's our <laughs> life advice. Therapists wow. with grace. Do you mm-hmm. feel like you learned something, Wahlberg? I really feel like I learned very little. Spoiler <laughs> alert, if you want to have fun, do things that are fun. Wow, yeah. guys, we really We're wise. solved this. Or, or, as I said, take drugs. Or take <laughs> drugs. <laughs> That's a great hobby. Although Steve-O got sober, right? Yeah. So, yeah, God, yeah. dude. But to be fair, he did enough for a couple of lifetimes, so I think he's good. Very true. Oh, yeah. I think uh, the one thing I thought was interesting is why is it that you can sit there and you can drink as many mimosas as you want at brunch, but if you want to order a beer, you're like fucked. <laughs> what do you mean? In what situation? Like, I mean, you're like brunch. Brunch has acceptable drinks. You can have, you know, like a mimosa or. As long as it's in coffee. It's yeah, coffee. Irish coffee. Yeah. But I mean, you can't have a beer. You could be like, yeah, give me a shot of vodka with my uh, waffles or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just say it depends who you're, <laughs> who you're out to brunch with. I think that there's several people who will judge you for getting a mimosa. Really? Yes. I think that a lot of people will. I don't think that's some magical, socially acceptable thing. It's more socially acceptable than, yeah, I'll have a, <laughs> I'll have a rum and coke for breakfast. <laughs> I think that you're right that there, for some reason, there are breakfasts. Well, there's also cultural stigmas about drinks and how they affect us. True. Yeah. And a lot like, of- I think a lot of people see mimosas as a light, like, you're not getting sloppy drunk, whereas people see beer as getting people crazy. Which is just the perception. It's not any kind of like reality yeah. or anything like yeah. that. It's not like mimosas. Mimosas are stronger than light beer, but yeah, I don't really know. I have never had a mimosa brunch because no. just because. Not even like I'm some kind of guy who's like you have to drink at night. I mean, you probably should, but only because. If you start drinking during the day, you're going to get tired, and you're going to need a nap, and then it just screws up your whole day. Yeah, that means you get to get t- drunk twice in one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, if you puke once. Or you puke <laughs> once and you puke on fucking legend. Three Oz. times. Yeah. yeah our, our good friend Oz has lived like a rock star and gotten himself stomach problems that may or may not have been because of the Mountain Dew. <laughs> Probably. May or may not have been from being legendary and well known for drinking till he puked and then <laughs> coming right back at it. Yeah. Dude, I, I impressive to see, but that's I don't live it out. <laughs> Dude, I always love to have parties though. It'd be like, you know, we'd, we'd be hanging out all night and then you would go outside, you come back and you're like, hey guys, let's start again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Legendary, but it made my stomach hurt just thinking about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you you guys had uh, a homecoming, right? Where you guys all drank during the day, like yeah. day drinking. And, and, then have, and then I had to have a nap from like 11 to like 4 or 5 or something like that. Like me and my girlfriend, Rebecca. Shout out to Rebecca of the Green Bean, who's probably not listening to this right now. It's not even live, man. Not even live. <laughs> no. uh, I guess I need to stop talking to our viewers like they're live. 
Well, you know, although that book had chapter. Everyone live watching now, send us a message. Everyone live. (laughs) You keep checking your laptop like you're looking at a Twitch chat or something. I got confused. Oh, I just want to make sure we don't run through like all the topics and that's like, hey, yeah, half an hour podcast. Wow. Sort, sweet, and to the point. Nothing, neither one of those words have ever described this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Not the podcast, but have people described you as short, sweet, and to the point? Never, not even once. Just the first and last. (laughs) (laughs) What were you saying, though? Uh, I don't know, I got so thrown away by not having live viewers. What was I saying? Son of a gun. Yeah. You were saying uh, day drinking. Oh, yeah. Just that we, if we went to homecoming, it was like an afternoon game, stopped at like one or two, got like, we had to, the thing, rule number one for day drinking is once you start, you cannot stop, <laughs> because once you stop, a half an hour from then, then you're being hungover during the day, it, you feel the hangover hitting you <laughs> as you sober up. The only cure is a nap, and then, like I said, getting right back out for nighttime activities. Well, we are going to the cottage. Do you guys plan on doing that? Yeah. <laughs> no? I'm a weed-in-the-morning guy, drinks-in-the-afternoon kind of a guy. What is it? Maybe, uh, but maybe I'll have one or two. Like, okay. I have a mimosa. <laughs> a mimosa, since that's apparently okay. I'm, they, I'll pick a point in the afternoon where that's, like, my, like, ramping it up. Like, I'll have, like, that point. I'll have, like, a lemonade or something. I'll have one beer, one beer an hour. Before I get like before it gets dark out, and then it's time to, time uh, to start drinking. I was with your track record. By the time we go to the beach, we can dress you up like Joey from Friends, yeah. where he was like taken by the sand or whatever. Mermaid. <laughs> I'll just be yeah. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I I I think that. Would, I don't know. I feel like if you if you day drink, then by the time it hits night, like it's, you're done. Yeah, or, like your party ends at ten. Yeah. Definitely not. Well, you can do it. It just takes a lot of practice. <laughs> it takes years of training and practice to learn how to medicate yourself on the proper level yeah. of booze. Well, you see old people, like 40, 50 year olds. I mean, no offense to our non-existent older listeners. <laughs> hey, hey, we had, a, we had a statistic for like 5% of 40... 45 to 50? That's just No, that was Dylan. Oh, Dylan's family. I see. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, you see those people do it, and they can start drinking at, like, noon and keep going solidly. It's just having that straight line where you're, like, perfectly balanced between how much junk you're getting and how much you're sobering up. Isn't that because they've had, like, a 30-year streak of not stopping? <laughs> no. I mean, maybe, but <laughs> that's not what they say, but that's a pretty good insight. That yeah, be true. I guess you have a point. I mean, just just for me, like, we did a bit of it on uh, thanks, not, th- not Thanksgiving. <laughs> Family Thanksgiving, just start day drinking. No, we, uh, back, back at our university, like, uh, St. Patrick's Day is huge. So we have a huge, like, street party and everything. So we started in the morning, but, dude, by the time, like, 5 o'clock hits around, everyone's, like, passed out, and it's just, it's not fun. Start at noon. Yeah. 12 hours. Yeah. a lot, but 
Dude, even like old parties, like you start at eight, you end at two. Yeah. So that's what like six hours. Yeah. Four twenty. So half as much. Five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, dude. Uh, yeah. I think we should probably get into our next topic, which is something that Oz brought up. He talked about how I mean, if you want to introduce. Oh it. yeah, so I have this theory. That zodiac signs are actually <laughs> zodiac signs. Zodiac signs. Mid mid youth. If if there's actually a connection between people with similar birthdays, like month to month, that it's less about how the stars actually aligned, but actually how close your birthday is related to other holidays. Like if you have a bunch of people born in December, then they're all going to share similar experiences to being having birthdays in December, whereas. A bunch of people who were born in June are all going to have similar birthday stories to being born in June. Hmm. Well, I support the I, I support the idea that maybe there could be something to zodiac signs. I don't think that there is, but as a scientific thinking person, I won't say straight out that there isn't. But I'm not sure it has anything to do with holidays. So what is like? The fact that you're a couple months older or younger at Easter or at Christmas or on Canada Day, how does that affect your development? I'm just saying that if you have a million people who are like a cancer like me born in June. Who are a cancer <laughs> like me. You and my girl's brother, we're all cancer. Yeah, so we all have, we all exist in a way that lines up with our birthday, lining up with certain holidays by certain amounts. So... That being said, we all have this one thing that's in common. So if you find personality traits that are shared a lot within our group, then they could probably be linked to the fact that we all have this one common denominator, which is being born in relation to certain days. You want to know what the common denominator hypothesis I've heard was? That's... Um had to do with like your month of the year that you were born and similarities. What? The idea I heard was that has to do with like school years based off of how much like, for example, the difference between being born in March versus being born in September, that's like what, six months? Yeah, I'd say so. So half a year, especially at older, like younger ages, that's kind of a big gap. So the idea was that it had to do with like how much more developed you were based off of how where your birthday was during the year so that like well, people who had earlier birthdays would be like more mature more developed they'd be treated differently because that's what they put out because they're just older versus people who are younger that was the hypothesis i heard versus it being that you're four months old versus seven months old at Christmas time. But what's that in relation to? Like, is that in relation to, like, grade schools or something? Where it's, like, everyone's in the same year? Your entire school life and even your whole life, because that way, how you're treated and what your life is like while you're growing up in elementary school affects the rest of your life. Okay, so you're saying, like, it's it's something that the environment influences, like, earlier in your life that continues until you're, like, older? Yeah. Well, that's the hypothesis of what oh, okay. I would say, is that it's how, what your life was like in school and your life is going to be different based off of, like, even just size differences, right? Like, you'd have a difference, six, like, having a six-month or up to 
11 month difference in someone like versus how big you'd be right yeah no that's true I don't know like I've never I've never really believed in horoscopes I think it's fun to like look in the back of the newspaper or something but even you've got like you, you guys know the Myers Briggs test right yeah, the one that's just made up. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's just, it they use it as an actual psych test in a lot of corporations, but in reality, it was two girls who were like, yeah, you know, like, we should do this. Like, oh, obviously, if you like parties, you're an extrovert. Cool. And you have, I, I looked it up, and you have entire Reddit communities dedicated to it. It's like, I am an INFJ. How do I approach an ENTJ? Like, it's, dude, it's ridiculous. Yeah. The real thing is that if your company is giving you one of these tests, just walk out and just say, yeah. you guys are clearly not the smartest group. Like, they've actually, they, I think that um, something as simple as your blood type is about as effective as some of these stupid tests that predicting your job success. Really? Yeah, there's no actual science huh. to it background from what I understand but on the great cast you don't have to be scientific so <laughs> like my personal opinion is passed Jesus. off as the facts of course <laughs> but yeah no I mean if I said it you can pass it off as fact <laughs> with the exception of 30% of the time I think it has to be 95% to be passed off as a fact right what the interval yeah P0.05 yeah I th oh yeah 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 because I think, yeah, you're right. Sorry, Oz. You need to get back. You need to get way up there before you okay, can Okay, I'll start party. studying. <laughs> dude, dude, you'll get to the point where you don't say anything that's not a fact. Not even sharing your own opinion. Until the <laughs> what, his opinion what his opinion is, it is the fact that that is his opinion. Exactly. Wait till he's like, conservatism is the solution to all of life's problems. Hey, communism? <laughs> not yeah. like that. You're a fucking commie? Take your conservative bullshit elsewhere. I think a communist republic. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, we're, we're accepting of all political biases here. Or political leanings, I guess. I say I'm I'm not throwing this as actual fact. Clarifying. <laughs> oh yeah, can I get that before you say something, Matt? No, well, I'm not going to risk my 75. percent oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> so I'm just going to say I actually don't know much about the ins and outs of communism. <laughs> just the idea that your government actually tries to take care of you is nice. That's a nice world to live in, isn't it? Yeah, but isn't that the theoretical aspect of it? Is <laughs> yeah, they haven't done it quite right. Yeah. Yeah, the theoretical aspect of having someone that's not your mom caring about you, it's a nice idea, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly when you don't... Shout-outs to my mom. <laughs> Shout-outs to all the moms. Yeah. We could actually get your mom out here to shove her out, couldn't we? At one Live. point, maybe. Yeah. Are, are you doxing me, saying that I'm living with my parents right now? No, but that is a good segue into the 20-year-old lifestyle, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, in a way, I suppose. Right there, because we're all 22, I think. Are you guys not 22 yet? Yeah. No, yeah, you're not yet. Are you? Yeah. Your birthday was a long time ago. Every time I see you guys, I'm like, when's your birthday? Like, December? Dude, we're you two know, days apart. Sure. You should know that. Birthday buddies, almost. Yeah. And I could always be like, yeah, Oz, I'm your uh, elder, by the way. Uh -huh. You know, when you get older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when you get up to six feet. <laughs> Are you six feet over? I don't think so. I don't oh, think close. Six feet. 
I mean, you're for sure close. If I had a Tinder, I would definitely say I was. But Dude, would you? Okay, how much? Would I ever have Tinder? No. Before before we get into it, you're in a relationship. Yeah, yeah I, I am in a very committed, long term relationship. But even if I wasn't, I don't think I'd be a Tinder wonder. Before we get into the mid twenties thing, okay, how much is appropriate to lie on your Tinder? Anything? None. <laughs> None? <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. Well, I mean, he said he put his height as like six feet or something. So, I mean, obviously, when you go, I'm not acceptable. I have not a lie. That's just a bench. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. If we're getting tech, you know. I mean, if you add his shoes and hair, he never in general. If you if you standing on slightly higher ground, if you look hard enough, you can make any lie into a technically true thing, can't you? But and he never specified what the height of it was. I never. Yeah. Was, yeah, I never specified if it's the current imperial U.S. feet or if it's the classic mechanism that changed based off of the king at the time, right? Yeah. Isn't that how it was? The length of the king's foot was a foot. What actually was that? Where yeah, it came no. from? And now America, the country with only <laughs> no kings, is the only country that still uses it. Yeah, yeah. ironic enough. But you- How much is it appropriate to lie on the Tinder, though? Um, well, obviously, you can't have a solid relationship that's built upon <laughs> lies. Yeah but, if you mess, yeah, but if you mess around with a girl under false pretenses, <laughs> that's fucked up, too. True. I guess that is pretty... <laughs> I was going to be like, well, you got to do what you got to do, but it is pretty fucked up. You're right. I don't know if you do got to do what you got to do. Not in my case. No, <laughs> dude. But you'll have people on Tinder who say they won't date guys who are under six feet. So. Yeah. Everyone's allowed preferences. Yeah. No. That's what? No one's allowed a preference. You have to take everyone, take it or leave it. You get what you get and you don't get upset. Are you trying to reveal something right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little creeped out. I don't see why, but... I have to cancel you as the BTG manager. Well, I, to go more in depth, I would say that... Explain yourself. <laughs> I would say that you can't know something, you can't assign judgments to people based off of superficial things, because that's called discrimination. It's like say, but then we're getting when it involves getting into a relationship with somebody, dude. For a part, I can we not all agree that for a partner, looks are a prerequisite. Yeah. Like you have to be attracted to them in some way. Like if you're not attracted to them at all, but they have like an amazing personality, you will I, become attracted to them. I think <sighs> because you think I think. Well, I would say that attraction can come before. Uh, anything else but I'd also say that attraction comes from what you think of somebody like I didn't feel attracted to my long term girlfriend for neither of us felt attracted to each other for the first two years we knew each other <laughs> and then all of a sudden we just kind of fell in love and then all of a sudden we started being attracted to each other for, for, all, the, for all the audio listeners Oz has been cutting off his neck for the past <laughs> And I, will, I can recover. I can recover. You both said that to each other? We both said we don't want... <laughs> remember, she said she had a dream about marrying me, but then decided she didn't want to at the altar. And I was like, that's... Oh, fine. my God. And that was before we started dating, and I still went out with her. Okay, but, I mean, you had to be attracted to her in some way. Like, no, not in any way. You were, the first two I, years we got each other. Nothing, really? Not even a little bit. 
No, I, okay. no piece. No small piece. Does she know that? Is this yes, being revealed? <laughs> oh my god. Yes. You're so pissed about your life she on the way about me. She was like, I don't want to date you, even though she'd always say things about wanting to live with me, and then, like, some kind of romanticized version where we start going up with each other, and I'm like, you need to stop being weird. <laughs> okay, but I mean, like, you, like, I've always subscribed to the two-week, two-year theory, where it's like, you know in two weeks whether you date them or not, or, in your case, you know, two years, like, after you've been friends for long enough, it might work. But I mean, I've, I've still always so felt... the theory? Two weeks or two years. What does that mean? First two weeks, your relationship is already determined, whether it's like friends, you know, like good, really good friends, okay. stuff like that, or like whether like whether they're, they're dateable or not. And then what's two years? Two years, it's like you can get to the point over two years where you're good enough friends that you would, I guess, be willing to date each other, or you found this newfound type love or whatever. Wow. Well... Uh, this hypothesis works out because we were probably friends after two weeks and then almost close to two years later we started dating so I don't know it works in this one case but, I, but when we first met I wasn't like oh I have a crush I want to ask her out or anything like that it wasn't like that for two years and then it was all of a sudden we were in love with each other Dude, I didn't say anything for a couple of months for some nice drama I'm still dumbfounded though because I think I'm Maybe this is just my views and no one else agrees with me, but I, I still feel like there needs to be... Like, you don't need to be attracted to them. Maybe it's like you don't have to be attracted to them, but you can't be unattracted to them. Like, there are people who do not fall in line with your preference. And I feel like that that kind of hits like a, you know, would not date because of that, right? Right. Which, in some ways, might be the differences between friends and partner. Right. Well, I guess so, but also, I don't know, I feel like if they connect with you on such a deep level, that I feel like... Yeah, but are you even going to take the time to open your mouth to them? <laughs> I don't know, it depends on if you talk to people who you aren't attracted to, I guess. No, because you see it like, this isn't high school, this isn't, you're forced to be friends with people anymore. True. Wait, you're forced to be friends with people? Bro, high school, that's all that is. You're forced to be friends with people because you're all in the same building. I never, but I've always been like, this person is a friend, this person is like an acquaintance. Like, eh. I, I, well, I, I just said different way. You informed your friendships if you weren't stuck in such close proximity to them. True, true, you've got a point. Like a kettle, like a pot. Like now, it's like if you want to make friends, you go out to bars or. You have hobbies that take you, you to, places. You have to specifically make time with them outside of whatever yeah. you're seeing. Yeah, yeah. So it's like as opposed to seeing them every single day. Speaking from a straight point of view, like either way, like a girl's probably like even if you're just trying to make a friend, you're going to approach people that <laughs> are on your similar plane. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That people that are similar to you, and that's you both in age, both in a attractive yeah. levels both in hobbies both in like you're not going to be a friend with someone who's like twice your age and has no hobbies in common with you I oh, well okay yeah if you don't have hobbies in common then yeah but I don't know yeah I never Mick has a hypothesis that people need at least two or three things in common yeah. to be friends I mean I, I think you can have like you know like it gets to the point where it's like if we both like the same TV show a single video game and we've done this 
you like build memories or whatever but if those things go away what are you doing are you creating more memories or are you just like talking about the memories that you used to have like you, you would know a lot of people in high school where it's like you go hang out with them and you're like oh remember when we used to do this and stuff like that and then you guys have become so different people such different people right and then you don't really have much to go forward with yeah I don't know if you agree or disagree with that Oz but I mean this is a whole different conversation <laughs> so it should be attracted to the person you want yeah. to date no right, let's, now let's get not, back to that if you're gonna fuck them it's about whether you're gonna friend but like going on that point like Jacob had the opportunity to become someone who he wasn't attractive with to to becoming being super attractive and actually wanting to be in a relationship whereas now as adults unless it's like at work chances are you go to a bar and the reason you're talking to them on some level is because yeah. at a distance you had that the urge to talk to them yeah it's not you don't really have a lot of long friendships forming now that you're in your twenties, do you really? Well no, that's when the real ones start. Oh, High yeah. school is the the, fake the temporary. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause now it's like if we form friendships when we're like, cause like this is where you kind of become who you're gonna be for the long stretch. Yeah. So if you form friendships now, the friendship was formed on I want to hang out with this person and I'm going to visit them. As opposed to the, ref- the relationship <laughs> being formed on, well, this person sits next to me every single day, so I might as well talk to them. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, that's actually something I didn't really think of. So. And right again. Yeah. <laughs> so. Expanding next mind. So can you lie then on a Tinder profile? Like I think. Okay. It's funny that we went to that based off. No, because you, you wouldn't be allowed. You wouldn't be allowed to do. Because if a girl comes out there, that's. You're taking advantage. Okay, anyway you put it. Aren't you taking advantage by putting like unrealistic, like best? For the record, I've never lied on my Tinder profile, but we all put our like best foot forward, like our best photos, like. And sometimes those really aren't rep- like I. <laughs> I still have my old photos. When I was probably like you know, fifteen pounds lighter or whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I I've kept them around, which you know I guess in a way is kind of a lie or whatever. But it's like, what do you? I mean, do you put your best put foot forward so that you get that's a match? different than lying? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's more fun. When this photo, when this photo was taken, that's that was exactly how I looked technically. <laughs> yeah, but 100 percent accurately, that's how I looked when that photo was I taken. I still feel like it's a lie to some degree, right? Well, then that's a misrepresentation. The only way to do that accurately would be as if we all stepped into a, bur- a booth in our underwear. <laughs> this had completely accurate photo no scans lots, with nothing. our with our medical histories labeled next to it. <laughs> so you'd be like, "Oh, this person. Okay, I see. Yep. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Sounds like we have a new uh, business idea. <laughs> Dude, imagine running an office for that. Like you just have like one giant office photo booth. I don't know. What would Tinder be like if there weren't pictures allowed? I don't think it would ever take off, would it? Because it seems like... Oh, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea what Tinder is like because I've never even downloaded it. I just see Oz swiping left <laughs> and swiping right on his phone out of the corner of my eye. But... Uh, I can answer your I'm question. I'm clearly not the expert when it comes to it. Isn't that just Twitter? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a dating app, though, for a while. It might still be a thing called Heartcade 
which it pairs you with a random person. Oh. You guys talk for like seven days or something or two days, and then it shows you their pictures at the end. Oh. That's but, an intriguing premise, isn't it? Because... <sighs> It's because that comes back to, like Oz was saying, when you strike up a conversation with someone who you're not attracted to. I actually think that that would be a better day better away thing. than Tinder and stuff. I also, I don't want to really, like, I keep going back and forth. I don't really want an online date because I hate the whole, like, you know, you go on, you're like, oh, do you like movies? Wow, does, I like movies too. But does anyone actually end up dating because of Tinder? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I know of. Like one or two long term relationships that happened because of that. Then that was why I was like, I guess I can't be like Tinder's just a hookup app. Or even think Bumble then, because Bumble's a little more of a dating app, right? I mean, they're basically just the same thing. I, I think more people date on Bumble though, and it's just, I don't know, would you be able to get into a relate? Like, obviously, Walbert can't because he's in a long term <laughs> committed relationship. <laughs> with a girl who fell for after two years. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, man. Um, I've got two years to spare. What am I going to do? <laughs> but I think uh, for me, it would have to be you either meet them through like a club or something or like a friend of a friend. So. You'd never go up and talk to some random on the street? On the street? On the Probably street. not. Like if it's, if it's, I don't know, if I'm. It depends on the situation, right? Like, if you're in a... There are random situations where it's like, sure, but there's also random situations where it's like, no. Like, in the street, no. I've walked by guys before where, like, we were coming back from playing pool, and there's a guy that went up to this, like, hot chick or whatever, and he was like, oh, you're looking, like, great today, and just wanted to tell you because, you know, you're special. And, like, almost trying to hit on her, it's like, I can never do that. Seems a little bit you but, hope that they're reading a book you've also read. <laughs> yeah, like something like that. Or if you're in a coffee shop and you guys are like the only two people there or something. Maybe that's a little more acceptable. In the line at the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> you need to kill sometime. That's you can't good. run away. That's you're in the middle of the forest. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Lock it down. <laughs> creep mode, level 100. Creep mode? Well, if you're creeping at the DMV... I mean, if you're, if you're just talking to the person and at the end, like after, I guess if you're there for like two hours and learn a lot about each other, then maybe, right? Yeah, that's true. I obviously have no idea what it would be like being single to be like, I gotta get people's numbers. But I feel like it's just, from my understanding, is complete 1000% confidence, but not in a pussy way. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I've heard like I've heard like a million different things, and it all just seems to come down to like be attractive. No, like, <laughs> you have to talk to the right person on the right day. On the right day, with the right moon sign overhead. Yeah. Hope sees a compatible horoscope sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you just gotta say that right, the right first words at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Wearing the right outfit. Like, you can apply that to anything, right? Like, you could... Like, once you go up to someone, there's a combination of I words could throw you could my say. basketball across the court right as an uh, NBA scout happens to be in our town, and he just happens to see it, and I happen to get signed right there. But that, but that's random. Like, there is some... <laughs> like, if you go, if you go no. up to that NBA player, there is a combination of words that you could say to get signed. 
No, it's, no. Just, <laughs> it's just based off of how tall you are. That's 95% of the NBA scouting regime. Excuse me, you could be like, hey, I'll pay you $2 million to sign me. There's that correct word. That's not how my job works. <laughs> there's, a, there's a money amount. There's some way. You can say... If it worked like that... A little dodge, but I'm a make-a-wish kid. Okay. Well, if this were true, why is Elon not in the NBA? If he can pay as much money... If there's a number amount, why is... Uh, what's his name? Would you, would you want to be in the NBA? NBA? You're assuming they want to be in the NBA. Yes, I'm assuming they do. I... Because who doesn't? I wouldn't. Would you? I wouldn't want to play, but I'd want to get signs. Because <laughs> then I can say, yeah, I'm a pro basketball player. I would want to play casually. Oh, yeah, basketball Because I would players. say, fucking <laughs> destroy <laughs> basketball. <laughs> Come on, man. Basketball's one of your sports, eh? Because it goes... Yeah, I tried it, and bro, it's so much harder player. than I remember. Oh, is it? Yeah. Bro, when I was in high school, I could do layup after layup. Bro, I could barely jump. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah. For those viewers, for those listening, I just did perfect layup form. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, did. guys, look! For those of you listening only, I just scored a dunk from, a, from th- the three-point line. I jumped from the three-point line and dunk. For those listening, we also got LeBron James watching. Yeah. For oh my god! You want to sign me? Sure. <laughs> yeah, he's having throat trouble, so he won't be talking today. Yeah. He's wearing a mask, it's really muffled. <laughs> but I, I think that does take us into like what we were going to get into earlier was uh, mid 20s crisis. Yeah. Not really much of like a midlife crisis or something, but Oz. Uh, that is if you only live to 40, but assuming you don't. Yeah. And I mean, Oz, Oz was saying, like, we've talked before, like, there's a lot of shows about like you know maturing in high school and how to navigate high school and puberty or even like how to navigate later life in like your 30s or 40s or whatever but there's not a lot for your early 20s yeah there's not like shows where the main character starts in their parents basement and then (laughs) moves out to an apartment with his friend like it's either they're in high school or college or they're trying to get a promotion at work there's no trying to get a job, trying to get that first car, trying to get that first place. Yeah. I think it's because your mid-twenties are basically paying off debt most of the time. Only paying if you go to school. Huge amounts of debt. Well, yeah, paying huge amounts of debt if you go to school or otherwise if you don't go to school working some kind of shitty job, you don't want to be working for money that's not nearly enough to support <laughs> you. Um, and yeah, most of those kinds of shows do not feature people living in their parents' basement, which is where most people in their 20s are actually living right now, like a huge amount of them, because I don't know about our international listeners, but here in Canada, our housing market is straight fucked. No two ways about it. If you do not want to live somewhere where the cost of living is like 12 bucks for jug of milk oh gosh bag of, bag of milk because we have bag milk here in Canada uh, you're not going to have a good time you no. better have some rich parents who can buy you your own place because they save you living in the garage 
Yeah, and I, I mean, like, or you rent a place and never be able to afford to buy one. Or you rent a place for way more than you should be paying. Well, that's what a lot of people are saying now. Like, it used to be you need like a twenty-five thousand, fifty thousand down payment, which they'd work up to in like their mid-thirties or forties. But now they're finding that it's like, oh, we, they want a hundred grand, a hundred and fifty grand, which no motherfucker is going to save up unless you're rich or have a really, really, really good job, right? Yeah. So it's it's hard to get out. Yeah. And I feel like there's also a lot of, like, in your mid-20s, there's a lot of existential problems where you're <laughs> like, what do I want to do with my life? How am I going to spend the rest of my life locked in the 9-to-5 grind? Yeah. And that just doesn't really translate well to TV, people crying in their showers as they drink a bottle of wine. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, I mean, for that, it's just such an easy coping method, right? Is it? Drinking wine? Well, I mean, for some people, <laughs> right? Say, yeah. Definitely, so. not a, definitely not a hard way to confront my inner demons, that's for sure. No, but I, I, I think, at least for me, I think the biggest part in your 20s that's hard to navigate is, like, what Oz said earlier with, like, friendships. Mm. It's you no longer have that person that you're sitting next to where it's like, yeah, I guess I'll talk to them because we sit beside each other every day. And now it's, it, it takes a whole lot more effort to make a new friend, right? That's true. I don't even know how much any, either of us that are in graves know about that because myself and I don't know about Oz kind of kept to ourselves a little bit at school and then really get out there and meet as many people as he did. And even he's still sitting with us in his garage right now. So I don't do anything. Yeah, I don't have a single person's phone number who I met at college to text and say, hey, you want to go get a beer? Dude, even my coworkers. You need their Snapchat or their Instagram. Phone numbers are so out. Phone numbers are the only way you can get a hold of me. And even that's pretty risky. Yeah. Pretty hit or miss. But yeah, I agree that it's definitely a time where it's harder to make, it's more work intensive to meet Well, they don't teach you how to make friends in this environment. No, they don't. They never really teach you how to make friends, but they make the environment so easy that you're guaranteed to pretty much. That's now. Now you got for that, right? And what would you say about, like, old friends from high school because obviously we ourselves here at this table are friends from high school and we've obviously maintained our friendship enough to do a podcast together or guest on a guest feature on a podcast but even other people we know seem to have a lot of friend like maintained friendships into their adult life that were formed in high school so what do you guys think about that then are those friendships less valid because they were made in such an easy circumstance? No, I, I don't think it matters at all. <laughs> a friend is a friend. It just gaining a new like friends come and go, but so ideally you would have you be gaining friends as you lose friends. Yeah, but when you hit the twenties and it's kind of like this new world, it can be like just a bunch of them drop. Yeah, and then it's a slow climb slow to start regaining them yeah. back. To start our new people, I mean, yeah, that's pretty accurate. I'd say that's one in the right column for, the, yeah, <laughs> for I, those keeping track at home. Oh, I mean, I'll back that up. I mean, I think really it's all about you talk about struggling to make new friends, but you also have that in a way a grieving period where it's like I just dropped, so much yeah, seriously. Fun. 
and you just you don't have those friends anymore and you think like you try and keep it going like after high school but it's just you guys have become different people you guys are too far away it's yeah you guys are no longer sitting in uh mr l science class together yeah like it's just that's really i think a lot of the issue yeah that's a good point but i guess on the other hand uh well, I don't know. Would you say that the friends that people keep are the friends who there's, it's still easy to keep that friendship with? Or is it the people that are, they feel enough of a connection with to put the effort into? I think for me, it's been enough of like, you need to, not, not sorry, not about putting in the effort, but I think it's that deeper stuff I've kept in contact with. Like, I met a bunch of more people in university, like through residence and stuff, but once that commonality went away, like, we just weren't really friends anymore. And, I mean, they were all in by, you know, like, the town and everything, and we could have hung out a lot, but it just wasn't as deep as I wanted it to be. So, I I just, I think it's, you know, it's part of it, like, what you're saying with, you know, it gets easier to maintain those friendships, but you also got to kind of, like, it's it's what you put your time into, right? Are you going to work to try and maintain, like, 10 bad friendships or 10, like, surface-level friendships? Or yeah. are you going to try for those three that, like, really, really matter? Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree. So, for you guys, actually, I was going to say for you guys, like, do you have any tips on meeting new people? On, like, no. Well, <laughs> yeah, if call me when you have some. Yeah, this is about, this would be more like Graves' thing, is that, I don't know, go out and do activities with them. That was what I didn't do, but if I had, I probably would have had friends. I don't know. I think it's probably how much time you spend with them. Like, if you only see them now and again, you won't form that connection the same way where if you, like, study with them every week kind of thing. What are your tips? <laughs> Look, for me, it's I think it's, like you said, just going out for, like, interest-based stuff. Like making those commonalities, not off of being in the same environment, but you guys both enjoy woodworking. You both are in the same like kayaking team or competitive rowing team, right? Like, and it's really, it comes down to, I think it's a numbers game. Same thing with relationships, right? Like, okay, not not fully parallel, but I mean like the the old saying goes, if you ask enough people out, eventually someone will say yes, right? So if you hang out with enough people, eventually you'll find someone who's a little more past that surface level point, right? right. And I, th- I think it's all about exposure. So keep meeting people, saying, hi, my name is Nick Graves, <laughs> what's your name, and then see where it goes from there? No, it's all, like, you can do that at a party, but you're never, like, I, I can't tell, I got a bunch of numbers at parties, and it's like, yeah, fuck, man, we'll have a beer, we'll see each other somewhere else. Never fucking message them or talk to them ever again. Like, you could have. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, it's not the right environment, I don't think. It's, you that know. being said, is that just your inner paranoia, or is that true? I have actually. No, it is true. I like, I've seen them around, too, and just. Not I actually have heard of people who have made friends by meeting someone at a party and just clicking, being like, hey, man, let's hang out after this. Hey, if so you click. for some people. If you click, sure, but in university, there's a lot of, like, the. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, you can't just imagine uh, a magical rainbow appears over their head. Like, oh my god, this person's perfect. You have to actually put the time and be like, I don't know a lot about this person. They seem cool. I'm actually going to call them and see if we can yeah. do something. Yeah. So I think love is the effort as well, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I also feel like, I don't know. 
it probably how like easy versus how awkward it is because I feel like most people could be friends with the other per with any yeah. kind of given person in the right circumstances. It's just like, oh, what we talk about, what we're gonna do. Yeah, right. So so have a game plan. Invite them for a specific game. <laughs> See, Provide refreshments and small snacks. Invite them to risk. If they don't like risk, don't drop make a friendship. <laughs> That's why I always dropped half his friends. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get them into the global domination life. No. No, no one wants to go nuke to nuke with Oz. No. They still don't. No. no. Not at all. No one wins when you go nuke to nuke. Real so, right there. That's our political science lecture right there. No one wins in a nuke to nuke scenario. De-escalate. Oh yeah, you always be better off. Why if you is do. there no option to live in peace and risk? <laughs> do you guys? Can you guys think of like any other kind of bit like early twenties thing that like really fucked you up that you didn't really learn about? Um. Like other than friendships, right? Dealing with the nine to five for the rest of your life. And being like, fuck this, no. I mean, we're not really, we're not really in that yet, though, right? Not. I am. Well, oh yeah, true. Look what he has to look for. So, give us your, give us your <laughs> close stance. Oh my yeah. god, that was so loud. <laughs> yeah. He's just dancing in his. Rest in peace, headphones users. But I mean, like, living, like, living that nine to five life. Do you like it better than school? Is it something that you, you know? Kind of, like obviously we all know we're probably gonna get into a nine to five, but or it doesn't make you hate every single day you wake up. Yeah, I mean, I not to it. go on the record. You, <laughs> wake up, you wake up really early too, don't you? I mean, yeah. So that's a part of it. That and what you want to do with the rest of your life, your whole yeah. career. Well, I think that this doesn't really count because this isn't gonna be where I spend my. Yeah. Like I want to move like. I'm not getting an apartment anywhere near here. Yeah. So if my mom's going to kick me out <laughs> or if I decide to move out, it's going to be not here. So I'll have to get a new job. So that'll be when it actually starts because okay. that's way different. So are you saying like that's when your life begins? When I mean, when you move out to a new city, kind of. Yeah. No, I just ask because I mean, I feel like we get into such a stage of like, I want this, I want that. Like, you know, when you're in middle school, it's like, I want school when you're high school it's like i want to get to university and you know then you want to work and then by the time it's like you're you know retired and you're like i didn't do what i wanted to do i didn't enjoy my time in the present that's the midlife crisis (laughs) right there yeah so i mean i guess if you're educated on it enough then you can you know deal with that pretty early on i guess so yeah and i guess the thing is is that you like get your enjoyment not from your job most of the time you get your enjoyment from your life otherwise what you do with your friends the memories you make your partner that kind of thing yeah so i think hopefully there's still some fun in our apartment yeah (laughs) other than the nine to five life yeah well i think going along with what you said there like it's for me one of the biggest fears is like Am I living my life in like in, on a good timeline? Like we have friends already who are getting married. We're getting friends who you know like Oz. You're in the workforce. Prattley's Rebecca, Rebecca tells me every day she goes, "My biological clock is ticking. We only got eight years left till I'm thirty. <laughs> That's when the babies stop." Yeah. So I mean, like. So yeah, I think a lot of people deal with trying to like 
keep their lives on schedule with all the stuff they want to do because there's kids and then that whole thing is just 20 plus years of your life down yeah. the drain so <laughs> down the drain no get the fuck out of the kids <laughs> not to be on record for when my kids listen to the graves cast i'm sure you guys will not be a drain on my lives <laughs> just fingers, somewhat fingers 50 crossed. 50 <laughs> yeah fingers crossed you guys are well behaved so when will your kids be able to drink a beer whenever they want whenever they want whenever they want you're going on record for your kids so they might have to stop them <laughs> I turned behind my dad's back and he doesn't say no My parents didn't, whatever they wanted, my parents didn't make me, I didn't have to drink behind my parents' back. I just didn't want to until a certain point, and I'm sure it'll be the same way. Plus, I've learned from my family that actual secret technique to keeping your kids off drinking is getting so sloppily drunk in front of them that they think alcohol is the devil's juice. <laughs> it works wonders if they see you like people getting drunk slurring their words all the time they're not gonna like, I don't think that's true no no they're, they're like how do I start slurring my words no they're like you guys are fucking idiots grow up how old are you guys my cousin my aunt and my uncle love to drink and have parties and stuff like that and my cousins are like how old are they they're like 16 and 18 pretty much now and they don't really drink so Maybe yeah. you guys knock it, but wait till you try it, then tell me. Well, that might also be another thing, too. I mean, maybe not early 20. And actually, you know what, for people, uh, when people in the U.S. count since they're, you know, drinking age is like 21. They're nerds in the U.S. Okay, they're, they're nerds. I'm going on record as saying any viewers from the U.S., you guys are nerds who have stupid laws. But I mean, for those who wait till they're actually 21 to like navigate it, it's like that's also something that might be harder, right? Like, it's, you, you get a lot of kids who go to university, and they've never been allowed to drink at home. But when they go to university, it's like, oh, fuck, I can have half a bottle of vodka. Then they're yeah. puked past there. Yeah. But they're not legal when they're going to university either. They turned last year. No, they, oh, yeah, in the U.S. Stupid, yeah. stupid rules. Get it together, you guys. You're stupid is what you are. But that's what... That's what I'm saying. Like I, I think we've all we've all been in an environment where it's like we got to go a little bit earlier, like before, you know, like hypothetically we were, you know, drinking in go, high school. Not to go on record as saying we drank underage. No, this is hypothetical, right? Hypothetically, if we had drank in underage and not all waited until we turned nineteen, then we would have had more experience with drinking and it wouldn't have been such a shock, would it? If, a big, like, like a big deal, yeah. right? And yeah, and it would be this whole like hyped up thing. We'd just be like, I know what drinking is like. I'm not going to embarrass myself or make mistakes with that. Advice, yeah, we would say that any hypothetical advice for parents, for parents is to... <laughs> Don't listen to this. Is to let your children like become familiar with drinking when you can supervise them because if you just make it seem like it's some big taboo thing they're just going to get in trouble when they're able to yeah. legally and i guess maybe all they care about is not getting puke on their own carpet but yeah. they will puke somewhere else and it will on be a different their, carpet yeah and it will still be <laughs> their fault as the parent or jacob's floor yeah hypothetically walbert might have had to put the puke cleaner up in the past <laughs> yeah not my favorite part. You were a hypothetical champ for that, man. Thanks. 
<laughs> hypothetically, I definitely hypothetically was like, what the hell, you guys? Anyways, I, I think we went through enough of our uh, trials and hypothetical tribulations. So, uh, <laughs> do you guys make an else tab before we end this off? No, that's a pretty good lighthearted note to end on, isn't it? I'd say so. So, Robert Alzambros, Mr. Lorad Bus. Shout out. Uh, yeah. Is there any, any other? Kick-ass gangster. Kick-ass gangster. There we go. Dude. Add me on Jason. <laughs> that gangsta with an S-T-A gangster was taken. There we go. So, thank you for uh, joining us on the 13th episode of the Graves Cast. I'll try and get this out by Friday the 13th. Very good. And uh, if you're interested in sending us, you know, like guest requests, uh, topic ideas, really anything, you can send an email to thenfgraves at gmail.com. Use the tagline Gravescast. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your uh, podcast, you know, Gravescast. And then uh, you can sometimes find us live on twitch.tv slash nfgraves. Just not this time. Yeah, not this time. So thank you for uh, joining us, and we will see you guys in a couple to a few weeks. Thank you very much, and we'll see you later. Later.